1: Shalom, friends. Scott Holes with Rivers in the Desert. Bless you this beautiful morning from the land of Israel. This is part three of Secrets to a Spirit-Filled Fitness Lifestyle. That is part three of Secrets to a Spirit-Filled Fitness Lifestyle. And I'm going to share some scriptures with you that's going to re- revolutionize your quality of life and uh, bring you into a place of uh, not just the idea of working out okay i want to change your terminology instead of saying working out let's talk about training hallelujah and what we're going to be talking about is not just training your outward man your outward temple or as paul says in romans 6 uh instrument of weapon of righteousness okay we're going to talk about training the inner man okay so what we want to go after today is take out two birds with one stone so to speak and it's beautiful as you see Um, the scriptures unfold, and how God wants us to be whole spirit, soul, and body. So let's dive into some of those secrets right now. I'm beginning with the book of Romans, and Romans chapter 8, unveiling a mystery, glory to God. Some people have asked, you know, where is that scripture about your body being a weapon of righteousness? Well, it's in Romans chapter 6, and verse 11, even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God and Messiah Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey its lust. Uh, let me just back up here. We talked about it in some of the other previous sessions here about your God being your belly, okay? Being a glutton, obesity. Uh, folks, you know, we, we really need to get out of denial and look what's happening in our culture. Look what's happening with our children. Look what's happening. I mean, if you just look, it's, to me, one of the most alarming epidemics of our modern generation is obesity uh, people are carrying way too much weight people are drinking way too much uh, sugar and carbohydrates people are are eating themselves into an early grave and even though you may not be um, necessarily in a place of being totally unhealthy your cordi- cardiovascular system is in a place where you could hardly climb stairs without getting out of breath uh, you can hardly uh, walk for a long period of time um, without getting out of breath and tired. Uh, so what we want to do is understand we're in the last days, uh, that we're in a marathon race. Jesus said, through patience or endurance, you possess your souls. He who endures to the end shall be saved. So there's things that we can do in training our our outward man through the patience of the Holy Spirit, through the framework of the scriptures, hallelujah, that not only gets us aerobically and um, biomechanically in shape, glory to God, but it also gives us um, that feeling of accomplishment and a feeling of knowing how to endure, to press towards the mark, to press towards the goal. Hallelujah, to complete the set, to complete the intervals, and train that over and turn that over to running the race, enduring the seasons of testing and trials that are coming upon and even now on planet Earth and so we can present ourselves glory to god before him on that glorious day so again let's take out two birds with one stone so to speak and again romans chapter 6 and verse 12 says therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you obey its lust um one thing i noticed uh after 9 11 and the tragedy that that shocked our western culture uh, i had gone to the mall A few days later with my children in georgia to one of the largest malls on the east coast and i noticed that when we walked to the food court i stopped and looked at people and people were eating worse than hogs people were eating as though they were addicted as though it was a drug and that food that sensory pleasure uh, on the tongue they were just hogging down man they were just going after food and eating in a way that almost looked like they were possessed, like, like, like they were a crack addict looking for another fix. And I was shocked. And the reason that was happening, because of the external pressures of the unknown, of fear, of terror, of, you know, who knows, Wall Street's going to melt down, are we going to have, you know, uh, a country tomorrow? And I noticed how people were using food as a stimulus to suppress the fear and depression. So, again, brothers and sisters, um, this is gluttony. It's a major problem in our culture. Let's get a hold of it, okay? Verse 13, do not go on presenting the members of your body as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. So we see here we present to God, hallelujah, um, our bodies as instruments, and I love the Greek word here, it's also the same word for weapon. Hallelujah! So we are presenting ourselves to God as weapons of righteousness. It, it is our job. You know, um, I I made some pretty um, brass and rugged, <laughs> ruggedly and brutally honest statements last time in our podcast to you on secrets of a spiritual lifestyle, and I said, you know, I talked about in Bulgaria, um, in communist Bulgaria, the underground pastor told me that. There was a there was a saying: never trust a fat man, and the only reason why is because the only people that were fat that really had food to eat in communist Bulgaria several decades ago were the, the KGB or the mafia, and uh, so that's why you never trust a fat man. But if you look at that at that um, saying, that proverb, um, it has a lot of truth to it. I mean, Paul talks about people that whose god is their belly who are enslaved to various elementary principles and lust of the earth and you have to be very careful you have to be honest right now without getting mad and being offended say man you know i got a problem i got a problem of overeating i got a problem where my lower nature um uh is taking the ascendancy that my the evil nature within me has taken control and uh and so a lot of people know that. That's why exercise equipment is so popular on those infomercials and all these different diets. Okay? But I want to get past the diet, past the cosmetic changes of just training yourself to lose some pounds, Okay, look cosmetically better. It's carnality, really. It really is carnality. We should be training inside out. We should be developing our inner man. We should be developing sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and using that to put to death the deeds of the body is in romans 12 it says i urge you therefore brethren by the mercies of god to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to god which is your spiritual service of worship so you know our job our sacrifice our our present our gift back to the father is to present our bodies hallelujah as living sacrifices back to him And we're not to be conformed by this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind. Hallelujah. So there's some beautiful imagery here. Again, two birds of one stone. You guys ready? Let's go for it. Okay, so in Romans chapter 6, we see that our bodies are weapons of righteousness. Now, Romans chapter 8, and a lot of people get real excited about Romans chapter 8, but let's, again, look at the dangers that Paul outlines for us by the Spirit. Uh, And we have to do that by looking at Romans chapter 7. If I can, by the Spirit of God, bring this fresh word to you, and you understand the enormity of the campaign against your personal life, okay, that you'll take the evasive actions that are needed, okay, to win this battle. Hallelujah. And the battle is really found in Romans chapter 7, Paul talks about the conflict of the two natures. And let me just break this down to more of a Cliff Notes version for you. you, When you read Romans chapter 7, Paul talks about, you know, we are in the spirit, but I see a different law, you know, the law of my flesh. I want to do what is good, but then I end up doing what is wrong. And verse 23, it's very powerful. He says, I see a different law in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind, making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is, My members and you know we had a lot of talk in America now the the Boston Tea Party this freedom movement of conservatives in the political arena this idea of not being controlled by the government in terms of taxation and identity theft and um, you know all of our rights being taken away as America you know the land of the free and um, you know brothers and sisters many of us are enslaved right under our noses okay right under our noses our very flesh has enslaved us and paul talks about here about this enslavement and nobody wants to be a prisoner especially americans they love their liberty and their freedom so let's talk about this what enslavement am i talking about well if you notice in romans chapter 7 and verse 23 this is so important if you can understand this war He says, there is a different war waging in my body. Now, let's understand um, there's different words used by Paul and throughout the Bible concerning the lower nature, sin, okay, um, carnal nature, or the old man. Those are all pretty much on the same, they're synonyms of the same problem. And what I'm talking about, there is two natures within our body. And our job is to conquer the evil nature, okay? Uh, the rabbis came out with this. They call it the Yetzer HaRa and the Yetzer HaTov, and they took that from Genesis chapter six. Now the Yetzer Tob is the good inclination and Yetzer HaRa is the evil inclination. So they said, you know, within you, there is this war between the good nature and the evil nature. And you know, it pretty much is pretty accurate. Today it's been uh, amplified into a, a bad teaching, especially in Kabbalah. But let's get back to what the Scripture says and not what rabbis say. Let's get back to why not what the oral law okay, and commentary says. Let's see what the Scripture says. Because people had been given themselves over to the evil inclination, God decided to destroy the earth with a flood. okay, And that's what God looks at. When people um, that know what is right and don't do it and they give themselves over to that evil inclination that brings the wrath of god no praying no standing the gap no pleading no crying okay it's going to stop that god brings wrath upon the sons and daughters of disobedience the bible says now it's interesting that this yetzer hara this evil inclination is exactly what paul talks about in romans 7 about this i find inside my members my body so a lot of christians i think well, my body's evil, you know, my flesh, my lower nature, because they read the Bible in a certain translation, and the English is a very poor language in Bible translation, especially the New Testament. Um, And so we see here, flesh, lower nature, the old man, are all really the same term for the evil inclination. But in Hebrew thought, the body's good. God created your body, and he said, Kitov, it is good. However, even though our bodies are good, and are the temples of God, resident within our bodies is this mysterious sin nature, or the old man, or carnality, which is the evil inclination. And whichever one you feed is the one that's going to dominate your temple. So Paul says here, I want to do, out of my inner man, out of my spirit, what is right, I concur with the law of God, but I see a different law waging war in my body. Now, let's understand what this word waging war is. It's the same reference that Peter says, 1 Peter 2.11, he says, abstain as pilgrims. Okay, remember that we're pilgrims on this earth. We're just passing through, hallelujah. And in this pilgrimage on earth, hallelujah, in this training to become like pure gold, Peter identifies, and out of all of the apostles and the leadership of the early church, let me tell you, Peter knows what he's talking about, because this guy put, made more mistakes and said more stupid things and did more stupid things, yet was able to rebound, hallelujah, and not be totally given over to the devil and made mincemeat and sifted, because Jesus' prayers for him was for him to be... Peter, okay, and the revelation that God given him as the first apostle to establish his church in the earth. Glory to God. And Peter says in the midst of his epistle, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 11, he says, I urge you as pilgrims and aliens on this planet, abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. Now the word wage war there is military conquest. We're not talking about a battle. We're not talking about isolated terror. We're not talking about a uh, war of attrition. We are talking about a full-blown military campaign. We're talking about invasion, conquer, subdue, and destroy. This is the same Greek word used of Alexander the Great when he went throughout the Aegean Sea and the known Mediterranean world at that time, and then pressed in toward Persia, took over this part of the Middle East, OK, he wasn't coming to sign a peace tra- treaty and a uh, NAFTA free trade agreement. You know, he was coming to b- rape, pillage, conquer and destroy. That was that spirit inside of him, the Prince of Greece. OK, and that is what we deal with here with the um, the, the Islamic fascist here. They are driven to conquer, subdue, and destroy. They don't want to sit down and have peace. They don't want to sit down. And even if they do talk through a mediator, they're doing it, okay, because (laughs) they are looking for any way they can to push us into the Mediterranean Sea as a nation. So if you understand the military conquest that we are on, we need to declare war. One of the problems in our culture right now is especially in America and Canada and the EU, we have not declared war on on terrorism, on Islamic fascism. We have talked about them as freedom fighters or as jihadists or as religious zealots and fanatics, but we have not declared war like we did on Germany and on Japan in World War II. We have not declared war okay and so until we declare war we're going to look at this as a small skirmishes and that is our problem we people don't want to declare war people want a comfortable lifestyle and you you're not you're not going to survive as a christian this hour you're not going to make it unless you declare war and what you need to declare war on is first of all the war that is on a military campaign within you, resident within you through the fall of man, is a is a or HaRa, that is an evil inclination. And please, brothers and sisters, do not underestimate the power of the fallen nature. Do not underestimate the military campaign that's going on inside of you right now, where Paul even says, I die daily. Paul says, I buffet, I bruise my body make it my slave so we're talking about uh, no middle ground here and one of the secrets to a spirit filled fitness lifestyle is understanding the battle that it's take no prisoners that this spirit within you the holy spirit wants to have full reign okay and inside your members is a war, a military campaign, or there's all just a little flash up. So here and there, and I get to suddenly get an urge to have chocolate one night, or I have an urge, you know, um, to you know, have too many uh, Starbucks coffees or whatever. We're, we're not talking about that these binge drinking, binge pizza eating, binge junk food, binge laziness. We are talking about right now in the name of Jesus, and I want you to open up your hearts and leer. If you have ears, I want you to hear. We are in a military campaign against evil, and until you declare war on it, You're going to be tossed to and fro by every wave. You're going to be a a prisoner of war. You're going to be lukewarm. And you're never going to rise to ascendancy. And you're always going to have this place where you seemingly are walking defeated. You want to be a winner or you want to be a loser all your life? Okay, so what we're talking about is training the lower nature. Hallelujah. Subduing it. Putting to death. Why? Because if we don't, it's going to conquer us. And what happens as you allow the lower nature to fester and grow, and, and we're going to talk about the lower nature here in a little bit, the signs of it, um, you're going to just be a breeding ground for Satan to come in and plant in uh, his impulses and his thoughts, and then oppression's going to arise, depression, uh, oppression, and possession, and you'll become an instrument of evil. So there's no middle ground in this hour. You're going to have to wake up Hallelujah, and that's why your listen is broadcasted. But you like the warfare element in it, and you know no matter how much you listen to all those guys that preach a happy message, a Winnie the Pooh destiny message, it ain't gonna help. Okay, you're just gonna have, you're just gonna have your ears tickled just because you hear a good message and hear somewhat of a, a form of the cross being preached doesn't mean you're gonna have the power Monday morning to live it. And so I'm here to train you. Glory to God, and so. Paul says, I joyfully love the, the law of God in my inner man. But I see a different law, verse 23, 23, waging war, which is, again, the waging war is military conquest. So until now, until we get helicoptered out of here and go home to the glory realm, hallelujah, uh, we're going to have war. That's it. And we, we, we're going to have to wake up to that and thrive in the midst of this conflict. Now it goes on and says here, verse 24, What wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body, this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus the Messiah, our Lord. So that on one hand I myself, with my mind, am serving the law of God, but on the other hand, with my flesh, the law of sin. So Paul now talks about the inner man rising up and, and, and bringing a watering effect to his natural mind, a renewed mind that wants to serve God, but he sees a different law operating within him, and that's gonna explain, really, a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type personality, where you can be walking in the Holy Ghost and wanting to love God and talk and say all the right things and thinking the right things. But inside you have this other law waging war, okay? And that's the law that we want to conquer. It's called the lower nature on a military conquest. So Paul says there is now no combination those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you're born again, you're filled with the Holy Ghost and your mind is being renewed and you want to do what is right, there is no combination towards you, okay? Why? Because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Now, what's interesting here is where we're going to go in verse four. In order that the requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not law, who excuse me, do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those according to the spirit the things of the spirit. Now, it's really easy to identify who to run with in this hour. You know, one of your be- your worst enemies are going to be your your friends. Okay. And these are tongue-talking Christians who know all the right things, who love God, but make a decision to walk in the flesh because they find more pleasure and more comfort and more stimulus in the flesh and the carnal things than waging war in the spirit. And it's real simple. I mean, I can pick those people out pretty quick. What they say in a multitude of words exposes their, their heart right away what they do for entertainment, what they do in their pastimes. Are they uh, military waging war type people? Or are they creature comforted and look for the grace message to cover up their sin? And I can go into this for hours and hours. You can listen to other broadcasts about that. Now notice here, walking in the spirit. And this is what we want to get, come to secrets of a spirit-filled fitness lifestyle. The Bible says in First Corinthians chapter 3, Paul says, I, I wanted to speak to you as people of the spiritual and the Greek word is pneumatikos, which means people of the pneuma, or people of the wind. Hallelujah. People of the Spirit. And Paul wanted to speak to this group of tongue-talking, uh, charismatic believers in Corinth that had all the gifts of the Spirit in operation, yet he could not speak to them as spiritual people, but as babes, as carnal people, even though they had the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, it's this is a very interesting situation brothers and sisters because you're going to have to separate yourself from pentecostal charismatic believers okay who can operate in the gifts of the spirit who have gifts and callings of god who enjoy worship who enjoy fellowship yet they have decided to walk a walk of the flesh instead of walk a walk of the spirit We can get more into that later. But this is a key. Once you know how to walk in the Spirit, it's going to give you the resurrection power. It's going to give you that energy, hallelujah, to run uh, the long-term endurance, hallelujah, to get off the excess weight and get you back in shape. Now, it says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 6, for the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the Spirit is life and shalom. So if you're not moving in, in a supernatural peace in your life, you got to find out what you set your mind to, okay? And Romans, uh, Philippians chapter four talks about what we should set our mind on. Verse seven: Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile towards God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God; it is not even able to do so. For those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, this is not well. I want to please God. Let me just get out of my body. Well, no. God's given us a body again. As I say, the word "body" is good in Hebrew. Uh, Paul brings it to a deeper revelation for us, which is the flesh or lower nature. It's that resident evil inclination within our body that is evil. And you're going to have to decide what you're going to listen to. You're going to listen to the the good inclination inside of you, the desire within your spirit to, to, to love the law of God and to walk in it, or are you going to keep on yielding to the lower nature and then using the grace message as a cover-up to keep getting forgiven, supposedly in your mind, of your uh, uncanny, okay, lukewarm Christianity. So you can't please God. I mean, the whole process here is to please God. The whole thing I'm talking about here is to please God. If you don't want to please God, might as well turn off this audio podcast. You're just wasting your time. You're wasting my time. You're wasting God's time. Go just go, go and live like the devil. Go and do what you want. Let God give you over to the lust of your flesh, okay? He'll give you over. He'll give you over to more heightened pleasures. so he can destroy you. It says in Romans one, think about it. You know, if you quit giving thanks to God, God will give you over to what lust you want. And I told you um, people uh, four or five years ago, I don't know the exact date on it, but I had a a really scary vision from God one night. Uh, In the night I had his night vision come to me and I saw these, um, um, these scientists develop these humanoids, these lifelike robots That were, um, like you go to an auto dealership to pick up a car, you can go to this robot dealership and pick up these humanoids, okay, to either um, have somebody as a partner uh, fulfill sexual fantasies with, or have somebody that can operate as a maid. Or if you know, buy one for your elderly uh, parents in a nursing home, and have somebody entertain them. You can, it comes in all different forms and sizes and shapes and all these things. And then the humanoid market moved into whatever was your greatest desire and pleasure in life that you could have this humanoid, whether it be competing against somebody in chess or tennis or whatever. And it got to the point that these humanoids became the very thing people loved, a very expression of. Of the sin they love to be in. And then suddenly these humanoid creatures became the very demons that began to drag the people into hell. And as you know, those humanoids, those lifelike robots, are going on sale even now in Europe and Japan. You see, brothers and sisters, this whole thing's unfolding before us. We got to fight the fight of faith. Amen. Glory to God. He who endures the end shall be saved. Anyway, so it says here those who in the flesh cannot please God. Those who are living according to this lower nature cannot please God. And it's not just pleasure and entertainment. It's also eating and all these other things. Okay, there is a pleasure, but it's not in self-gratification. Now, verse 9, However, you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, it does not belong to him. And if Messiah is in you because the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness... But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Messiah Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit which indwells in you. So we're talking about the uh, springs, the geyser, hallelujah, the eruptions, the impulses, the IVs, the hydration effect of the, the, the Spirit of God and His resurrection power to give life to our mortal body. And this is part of the spirit and secret realm I want you to move into as you're training. Hallelujah. Glory to God that you can move into a place of supernatural faith, supernatural energy, supernatural endurance, hallelujah. And the good part is it's fun, it trains your inner man, hallelujah, it causes you to be a greater warrior, and it pleases God, but it also has a secondary effect of cosmetic change, of weight loss, and keeping your temple at high RPM fitness. Glory to God, and that's what we want in this broadcast. Now, it's interesting here, verse 12 so then, brethren, we're not under obligation to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Now, this is heavy here. If you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you're putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. You know, people, you know, they, 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 they sit there and they read Romans chapter 8. Oh, you know, nothing will separate me from the Father's love, you know, death nor life nor angel nor principalities and powers. And they stay in that and they take it out of context. Okay? They take It's like a kid, you know, sitting down to eat dinner. All he does is eat the yogurt and the applesauce and all the other vegetables and and meat and, you know, carbohydrates. He doesn't eat because he doesn't like the taste. He doesn't like what his mom served him, okay? Folks, you can't sit there and just read Romans 8 and have these certain texts that you like without reading the whole book. Especially the last two chapters, what Paul is saying here. This is before Israel's salvation. Glory to God, If, if if the Gentile church does not get their act together and learning how to put to death the deeds of the body and walk by faith, God says that he'll cut us off and he'll graft in back the Jewish branches. That's the context of Romans 8, 9, and 10. And 11. Anyway, so let's find out how we can do it. Now, it's very interesting here. It says, if you do not, if you walk according to the flesh, you're going to die. Well, God is good all the time. God is good. Well, your definition And my definition of God's goodness is not his definition of goodness. He says, if you walk according to this lower nature, you must die. Okay? But if you walk according to the Spirit, you're going to live. And that's just walking according to the Spirit. It's like walking and putting to death the deeds of the body. And verse 14, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. I've heard this taken out of context over over. And over and over. Verse 14. Oh, those who are being led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. And they know about being led and hearing God's voice and inner witness and learning how to prophesy and learning how to move in the gifts of the Spirit. And they've taken this out of context. To be led by the Spirit and be the son and daughter of God has nothing to do with moving in the gifts here. That's a secondary. It has to do with yielding to the Spirit of God to put to death this lower nature that's on military campaigning against you. Interesting, isn't it? Whew, man, that cuts it right to the bone, man. That's the sharp two-edged sword of the word right there. It's judging the thoughts and intents of our heart right now. That we are not sons and daughters of God, if we're not led by the Spirit, to live a training lifestyle of putting to death the military conquest that's within our lower nature. If we allow the military conquest to take us over, if we allow ourselves to walk, it it, it doesn't take a whole lot of practice. You just yield to the flesh. It's pretty easy. And if you continually yield to that lifestyle, you're no longer a son and daughter of God. It says it right there. It says you must die. Brothers and sisters, come on. Let's flush ourselves of all the things we've learned and say, God, let's start back at the basics. Let your word teach me exactly what I need to know here. And so we see here, that we are being led by the Spirit to put to death the lower nature. And this is how you can make your training easy, okay? But first we have to deal with the heart, not with the outward nature, not with motivation, not with teaching, not with um, uh, different workout tools, and not with different programs, and spin classes, and swimming, and biking, and all these things. Those are secondary. First we've got to deal with what is inside. What is your goal? Without a vision, you're going to perish. What is the framework? Why do you want to lose weight? Why do you want to get in shape? Just to look cosmetically good? Well, that's pretty carnal. Okay. God wants your sweet, gentle spirit to come forth, which is the precious sight before him. Come on, ladies. I'm talking to the ladies right now. Okay. God wants you to be in shape. He wants you to put to death the deeds of the body. And secondarily... The weight will come off, and secondarily, you'll look young again. Okay, that's not the, that's not the purpose. Men, come on, you're going to the gym to get all buffed up. Okay, Pigging out on different proteins and stuff just to look, you know, big again. What? What? That's cosmetic. I'd rather have somebody that's skinny, that's in shape. Okay, that can run ten k in forty minutes instead of having uh, a bunch of guys that can bench press three hundred fifty pounds and squat five hundred plus. Okay, they came and make it around the block. Now, don't become my enemy because I tell you the truth. I'm trying to help you guys out here. Hallelujah. So let's move along here. This is pretty heavy language. Verse 14 All being led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. So unless you're being led by the Spirit to put to death the deeds of the body, you're not a son of God. Verse 15 For you have not received the spirit of slavery, leading to fear again. you received the spirit of adoption as sons, but we cry out, Abba, Father. So the spirit that is slavery is a spirit of fear. And you know that you're in fear about the way you look and the health that you're in by peer pressure. What do people think of me? Okay. And people, you know, we're spending so much time on trying to cover up the spare tire in our midsection. We're spending so much time with hair and nails and and, uh, uh, liposuction, and plastic surgery, and all this stuff. Come on, let's be honest about it. You are being motivated more out of fear of what people think, okay? Fear of the aging process, fear of this, okay? And that's slavery. And God doesn't want you to be enslaved by that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so what God wants to bring you into is this place where you cry out, Abba, Father, you're content with the way you look. You're content the way he made you. Hallelujah. But inside there is a greater man. Hallelujah. Who's beautiful and handsome and strong and warrior. And that is the person God wants to develop in this hour. Hallelujah. Now it goes on and says here, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So we see here that we are called to put to death the lower nature, by the Holy Spirit. And that's what it means to be led by the Spirit of God. That's the primary uno thing. Now, again, there's some wonderful things here. You can read about that uh, in the book of Romans, continuing through chapter 12. Let's go now, for a second time, to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Actually, on the way there, 1 Corinthians 6, it talks about All things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I'll not be mastered by anything. Food is for the stomach. Stomach is for food. But God will do away with both of them. Yet the body is not for immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord is for the body. Isn't that powerful? Now, God has not only raised the Lord, but He also raises up through His power. Do you not know that your body are members of Messiah? Now, let's talk about this real quick, because you're going to take better care of your body if you understand this. Paul says, I'm not going to be mastered by anything. Okay, but he says over there in Romans six, uh, six, uh, 7 that the lower nature is trying to master him on a military campaign, and he's going to rise up against it. Hallelujah. And it's not so much, you know, you can go on a 40-day fast and do all those things, but really, um, let me give you the shortcut. Now, I'm not against fasting, Um, but 40-day fast for most people i know that go on that jesus never commanded us going a 40-day fast um most people that go on 40-day fast are trying to do it for twofold cosmetic change lose weight and quote put under their flesh and quote quote it's some type of work service to try to hear from god or you know whatever to show god that they're serious and you know listen i'm not trying to, to mock it fasting and uh but again but when you're in that 40-day fast i mean come on is there real abstinence of food, or are you eating a little porridge and a little smoothies here and there and soup and going through this stuff? And if you are, then your strength level is all kaput. Okay, you're no good for your family or for your work. And uh, okay, great. So you lose weight and you master your lower nature somewhat, and uh, you come out of that, and you probably gain the weight back pretty quick. Now, come on. Why why not live a fasted lifestyle? Why not live a lifestyle where you fast? Okay. And you put under your lower nature on a daily basis. I die daily, okay? And you still are able to eat the things you have and have the physical energy that you need to continue being a husband, a father, and a faithful employee. Now, you know, I'm stepping on some toes here, but it's okay. Hallelujah. It's okay because Paul says, I'm not going to be mastered by anything. I don't see Paul talking about prayer and fasting here. Going on to these forty-day binges of of prayer and fasting, where you separate and go and disappear for a while, and come back and you're so skinny you have to dance in the shower to get wet. (laughs) Come on, folks. Come on. Why why do you want to lose your muscular strength? Why do you want to lose the muscle? Why do you want to lose your aerobic capacity? Why do you want to lose? Come down to where your minimum calories and you have no energy. I just don't understand that. The purpose of fasting is to do your lower nature, okay? But you can live a fasted lifestyle. You can live in, in a place where you already know about the ebbs and flows of how to conquer that lower nature. Glory to God, and it's not a 40 days. You're living a fasted lifestyle, and you have energy, and you have abilities, hallelujah, to sprint in this hour, hallelujah, spiritually and physically. Now, Paul says here um, Right away, I'm mastered by anything. The first thing he talks about being mastered by here is food. Interesting, huh? Man, I tell you, food is a drug. I see people hypnotized by it. I used to be hypnotized by it. Man, Dunkin' Donuts. You know, that's another thing that, that I noticed the flesh would, you know, I'd go train, and I'd come back, and I'd see, you know, uh, Krispy Kreme or Dunkin' Donuts, you know, and I'd just go, instead of eating one, I'd eat four or five of them right on the spot. Justifying, saying, Well, you know, I'm going to be working out tomorrow. You know, I'll burn those calories off. Come on, folks. We're talking about if you can master the lower nature, you've got the devil whipped on a major battleground in our life, which is the evil inclination and lust. Now, it goes on and says here that the the Lord is for the body. In verse 15, it says, Then you know, your body are members of Messiah. And he goes on right away talking about immorality. Now, let's keep on reading here. Verse 16, You do not know that one who joins himself to a harlot is one body with her, for he says the two will become one flesh. But the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee immorality. You know, it didn't say walk away. It says flee. Run away in terror. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body. But the immoral man sins against his own body you not know that your body is the temple of the holy spirit which is in you you have from god that you're not your own you've been bought with a price therefore glorify god in your body so right now we see our bodies not even our own and that we're to glorify god in our body and the main way to glorify is to flee immorality how can you be a Levite unless you keep your Levites on you have you noticed how many ministers are falling into sexual sin I'm talking about homosexuality, pornography, um, masturbation, uh, weird perversion, divorce and remarriage, all based out of lust. You know, I I know this um, one female minister, I don't know if she calls herself a prophetess or evangelist now, whatever, but it's a real sad story. That, you know, she, I think, in her fourth or fifth message now, uh, marriage now, and what i mean i mean i understand people make mistakes and i'm not against people necessarily um, in, in uh, ministry because they divorce divorced remarried. there's a lot of complications why that happened whatever but if you're jumping from one marriage to another and still in ministry you have some serious problems of lust you have some serious problems of discernment and you have some, some serious problems with control in your life, and if you can't control your lower nature, you're disqualified from ministry. I'm not saying you're disqualified and going to hell, I'm saying you're disqualified from leading because the only way you can lead is the same way Jesus loves his church, and that is the mystery between husband and wife. And that is why um, it takes strong marriages to have strong ministries. Yet today, we see so many ministers, you know, divorcing and getting remarried. And you see, the message that they're coming out with is a very grace-heavy message. Why? Because they need it. Because they got psychotic problems. They got demons tormenting them. Okay, they got a track record behind them. Just look at the footprints. And they're trying to get rid of the spots that they have. No, Jesus loves me, Jesus loves me, this. And I know Jesus loves and he forgives, without a doubt. That's part of the message of grace. But... Why are people continuing to sin in the message of grace if they've been really captured by it? Now, I know I'm stepping a lot of toes here, but look at this. Paul says, every sin is outside the body except the sin of immorality. The sexual sin is a sin not just against your own physical body, but against the very body of Jesus. I don't think we're taking these things to heart. I find out that Glory to God, as I've moved into this secrets of spirit-filled fitness, which is just really uh, a, a fruit, an area that's opened up for my own personal walking the, the highway of holiness. Glory to God. Is, it's really sad right now, brothers and sisters, because there's, there's so much lust and so much sin and overeating within the leadership of the church. And, the, and we can get you to the place of training your inner man to win the war, the military conquest of your lower nature, it's going to suddenly filter over into all these different areas, your marriage life, keeping your body pure if you're single. Come on, folks. It's all right here. It's so powerful. Now, let's go on and says here, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul talks about verse 11, if we sowed spiritual things to use it too much, we should reap material things. So, remember, I'm sowing these spiritual things to you that's going to help you, and... You should, you know, you don't walk to a restaurant and eat a great meal and walk out without paying for it. Now, we're doing it for no charge, however, but we have things to be taken care of. Glory to God. And continue these broadcasts to you, we have overhead, we have responsibilities. And consider giving a generous gift, a big generous gift, into these secrets that are going to set you free and are setting you free. Glory to God. Now, it goes on and says here, in chapter 9 and verse 19, though I am free from all men, I am by myself a slave to all, that I might win the more. So you're not going to understand true freedom until you conquer your lower nature by the Holy Spirit. And then once you conquer your lower nature by the Holy Spirit, your true freedom is turned in to giving yourself for others. Have you noticed how selfish Christians are today? The love of many is wax cold. The agape love of many, people are just self-centered. Me and my family, the Lord, I'll take... Uh, lord bless me and my wife and my kids us four and no more come on people become very individualistic why it's all traced back to not understanding how to conquer the lower nature so paul says here to the jews i became as a jew i might win the jews under the law i'm not under the law okay i became all things to all men interesting so if we want to reach Jewish people, we've come as Jews to win the Jews. But at the same time, we can switch and become as a Gentile to win the Gentiles. We're not locked in to one ethnic group. Glory to God. We can become all things to all men. Hallelujah. Why? Because we know the freedom that we've obtained through the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit in our inner man. Glory to God. Now, it goes on in verse 22. The week I become weak that I might win the weak, I become all things to all men. I do all things for the sake of the gospel, I may be partaker of it. Verse 24, do not know that those who run in a race all run, but only run receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may win. I see a lot of believers, the way they live, and to win this race is the finish line, the judgment seat of of Messiah, okay? I see a lot of people running just to run, just to say, oh, I'm going to make it, and God will forgive me once I get there. He knows my problems. Well, who says you're going to make it? Where does the Bible say, once saved, always saved? You know, God has predestined people. God's pre-election, it's just amazing mystery that needs to come forth. But I want to say this, why are you running? Just hoping to make it? I'm not going to pin my eternal salvation on some yahoo that preaches these, these carnal Winnie the Pooh messages. I want to know how to buffet my body. I want to know how to put it under. I want to know how to win against this military conquest going on within me. Like Romans seven says, and then out of that victory, out of that aroma of triumph, Hallelujah! Take on the enemy in my uh, sectors of responsibility. Take on glory to God. Counter uh, terrorism. Take on um, regional warfare. Hallelujah! Plunder hell of its of its amassed um, concentration camp prisoners. Hallelujah! You see how this, as we did know how to master our lower nature, it, we get more responsibility and more spheres of war. Glory to God. So Paul says here, um, run in a way that you may win. Brothers and sisters, I'm, what I'm preaching to you, and I'm running this race to win. That's it. My face is set like fin. Man, I'm going after the prize. After this prize laid up for me in heaven. Hallelujah. And not hoping I can make it. And I'm not gonna let somebody else deceive me or throw me off course. Hallelujah. Verse 25. And everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable, with, but we an imperishable. Paul talks about exercises control in all things. Folks, you just can't let your hair down anymore. Okay? And sit there and just just flesh out in front of the TV set or the internet. You can't sit there and go to these carnal movies. You can't sit there and, and deal with carnal people. Come on, folks. You're going to have to guard your heart with all diligence, the Bible says, for out of all the issues of life. We are in the last days. I see 911 all over the place. I started this broadcast at 911. It's curious. Look at the right-hand clock here. I saw 911 as we started this broadcast to you. Now it goes on. Verse 26 is the mystery. Therefore, I run in such a way, I buffet my body. I make it my slave, verse 27, lest possibly after I preach to others, I myself should be disqualified. And the word disqualified here, according to the Greek linguistic key to the Greek New Testament by Zondervan Press, says it's used of metals or coins which were rejected for not standing the test. Interesting, isn't it? So even Paul is in fear, a holy fear of being disqualified. I do not want to be disqualified either. And so what do I do? I need to buffet my body. And Paul uses the example of an Olympic athlete who goes into great self-control and regimented lifestyle that he may win this prize. And that's what Paul is telling us about the Holy Spirit. And I don't want to hang out with lazy people. I want to make people that are beached on, the, on, their, uh, on their couches like, like uh, beach walruses. I want them to lose weight. I want them to get in shape. I want them to become warriors. I want, hallelujah, beat down and people that feel like they have no hope to rise up and be mighty men and women of God in this hour and, and be inducted into the Hall of Fame of Hebrews 11. Woo! That's what we're going after. But to do that, we're going to have to buffet our body. A lot of hard work. Okay? A lot of sorrow. Okay? And it's not a comfort zone we're going to live in. If you want your ears tickled, go ahead. But I don't think you're going to make it. you got to have messages that will cut you open. Hallelujah. And so it says here, very interesting, Paul turns to the image of a boxer to reintroduce the principle of self-restriction and self-negation. Paul talks about striking under the eye to beat black and blue. is that crazy? I've said this over and over in these broadcasts. I. I went to some of the finest Bible schools and sat into some of the finest Bible translators. And, you know, I've been around for 30 years. I didn't fall off a tree yesterday. And I've never heard a sermon on how to bruise your body. You know, we got, we got these other people preaching out there that, well, we're in Romans eight now. And, uh, you know, we've already been delivered from this body of sin, you know, we accepted Jesus and we, you know, all this new man. Well, what? No wonder you're flaky. Come on, the Bible says buffet our bodies. Make it my slave. Are you, are, are you? I want you to be control freak. I want you to buffet your body. Come on, the same way that you've been taught to count calories, okay? Okay, and you say, man, why did I eat that chocolate cake? Man, I feel horrible now. Why did I do that? Why did I do that? I, that's it, I am going to get in shape. I'm going to to." Get my calorie intake under control. Okay, great. That's all awesome. And and you can do that in natural strength. And you can do that with a desire to look cosmetically better. And you can do that, okay, and and emphasize self-control. People can do it in the world without even knowing Jesus. But I want you to live in a place of slavery to the inner man and add the outflow of the inner man gives you the power and the joy and the strength to live this regimented lifestyle where you have fun and it flows over into more areas than just being a workaholic and working out all the time trying to keep your body fat at a certain level. Hallelujah. You see the freedom that's in this message? We're talking about secrets to a spirit-filled fitness lifestyle, brothers and sisters. So Paul says here, I buffeted my body. I never, heard, I never heard a message like this, how to bru- bruise your body. So I buffet my body, yeah, I'm go to that buffet on Sunday afternoon and eat all you can for $7. We're not talking about buffeting your body. We're not talking about buffeting it. Making it your slave. Paul says here to lead it black and blue. To lead it to slavery. To make a slave. To treat one as a slave. The two verbs give the picture of an athlete who does all to discipline himself. To keep his body under rigorous control. In order that he might serve and not hinder the progress towards the goal. So you hear wars and rumors, wars, earthquakes in different places. You see all that's happening in the world system today, okay? And you can sit there and say, man, we're in the last days. Man, we could be heading to Armageddon really soon. This is the time to lift up our head because our redemption and our liberation draws near. And the liberation that's coming is from this fallen nature. Hallelujah. We're going to receive a new body. Ooh, glory to God. We're going to hang out in the new heaven, the new earth, and the new Jerusalem. It's all cool. Read the end of the book, man. It'll, just, it'll peek out your morale, But until then, we got this conflict in the inner nature. And I think what's so cool about it is that we can walk in the spirit and out of that same overflow, use that overflow to buffet our bodies into a place of weapons of righteousness where we come back to the original pattern of a hardworking soldier, hardworking farmer, and a hardworking Olympic athlete. Hallelujah. And it doesn't matter what happens. If your transportation goes out, if if something happens in our culture through a terror attack or war and we go back into our agricultural-based society, we go back to the Stone Age, so to speak, we don't have a problem. Our physical nature is like Caleb. I'm as strong now as I was when I was 40 years old. I'm 80 years old. Give me this mountaintop. Hallelujah. And so that's what we're moving towards. Hallelujah. And it's a joy. It's a joy to be full of energy. It's a joy to be in the in a, in a Holy Ghost fitness, hallelujah, and not be possessed by a fitness lifestyle that many fall into. So Paul says, I don't want to be disqual- disqualified. Interesting, isn't it? So how can we bruise our body? How can we buffet ourselves? How can we maintain this place of spiritual stamina and endurance? Well, it's by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit can flood you with this goal of being endurance motivated. Now, 2 Timothy chapter 2, as we start to conclude this broadcast, I hope you're getting some out of it. I know you're getting some out of it because I can feel the Holy Ghost coming out of my belly, giving you these words and the saying things I never planned on saying. Hallelujah. Now, it says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, which is the final words of the Apostle Paul before he's taken and martyred, and he's given the apostolic. Um, Mantle the baton of leadership to young Timothy, who also is an apostle, to run with. This is one of his final letters of instruction. And he says in verse 1 of chapter 2 of 2 Timothy, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Messiah Jesus. So, strong in this message of grace. Hallelujah. I don't need to go into that now, it's a powerful subject. But notice the message of grace right away goes into verse 2. And the things which you have heard from the presence of many witnesses, these entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others. So right away, the message of grace is not to be lawless and do what you want and think that the blood shed on Calvary will forgive you for whatever you do and you just make it into heaven by the skin of your teeth. No, the message of grace we're strong in is to cause us to entrust this message to other men who are faithful. See, when you're faithful for your lower nature, and you're faithful in your marriage, and you're faithful in your tithes and offerings, and you're faithful with your tongue, and you're faithful in subduing your lower nature, hallelujah, you get the great opportunity of becoming a safety deposit box to faithfully carry the mystery of the message of the gospel. That's what Paul is saying here. He's telling Timothy, look for men that we can commit, the safekeeping. It's almost like the idea of a safety deposit box. There's a mystery of the gospel here. There's many enemies out there. There's enemies of the cross, son. And I want you, my son Timothy, to take this message that's been revealed to you and entrust it into the safety deposit box of faithful men who can run with the same message. And that's what our goal is, is to raise up disciples. How can I really disciple somebody and make them a disciplined follower of the Lord Jesus, if I myself am not disciplined. And second, I can see right away how disciplined you are, not by when the anointing's on you, but when the anointing's not resonantly on you, and how you eat at the dinner table, okay, and how you live. If I don't see you mastering your body, why should I sit there and let you be mastered by what you teach me? You see, and Sister, if this, this is really going into a place. Now, I remember one pastor said to me in Houston, Texas, well, I don't like pain. I found this piece of workout equipment, I guess I don't know, it was $17,000 or $30,000, and all I have to do is like, you know, five or 10 minutes a day and I can keep in aerobic shape. And I'm like, man, what are you? You a buffoon? What's wrong with you? Did you park your brain at the door? I mean, give me a break. What are you talking about? You don't like pain? I guess you shouldn't be a Christian. But Paul says, I buffet my body daily. Come on. If you don't like pain... Well, maybe you ought to check out and find yourself a different religion. Find something you're comfortable with. And it can be an excuse for how you want to feel. You got Hindu and all those other stuff going on out there, and Buddhism, and all this other progressive demonized doctrines of demons out there. Okay, and they're all talking about you know how you can eat, you know, and giving in marriage and you know giving themselves over to their own comforts, their own pleasures. If you want that, go ahead. But that ain't the gospel of the Lord Jesus. The gospel of the Lord Jesus here, look at verse 3, it says, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. You know, my oldest son, he's in the special forces here, and he's in boot camp training. I see how he tells me what he goes through and what they put him through there. And he's faithfully suffering hardship as a good soldier. He wants to be a good soldier in the IDF. He wants to serve the country. He wants to uh, achieve, you know, what he feels God has called him to do, and he's suffering hardship. I guarantee if he didn't like hardship, he wouldn't be there. You gotta suffer hardship. This is not a message of comfort. Folks, we'll have the comfort. We'll, live, we'll be in heaven forever, but right now is war. Right now is the time to suffer hardship. Right now is to endure with the goal of the prize before us, okay? And Paul now uses this idea of a soldier. Verse four, no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life, so he may please the one who enlisted him as soldier. So we're here to please him, not please ourselves. Verse 5, now, now the Olympic athlete again. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. The hard-working farmer ought to be the first to receive the share of the crops. Consider what I say and the Lord will give you understanding in everything. And so we go back and say, man, what is Paul talking about here? Well, paul's talking about winning this race hallelujah and that's what i want you guys to do now let's take this now into the realm of fitness the first thing you're going to have to do is not let your flesh rule you late at night crucify it die to it the stimulus of computer of facebook of youtube of videos of movie of chatting of doing whatever, forums, okay? A stimulus of movies, DVDs, all that stuff. And go to bed earlier. And get up earlier. That's your time, man. There is that window. Now, we have an Olympic dietitian on our Ironman team here in Israel that I'm a part of. And he told me, Shlomo, when you finish your workout early in the morning... You've got 30 minutes that your muscles are ready to receive the protein and carbohydrates it needs to rebuild. You've got a 30-minute window you want to hit. So as soon as you finish working out, I want you right away to get bread and protein into your diet and as for breakfast. And it's called the window of opportunity. So in the same way, there is a window of opportunity early in the morning. I've done it late at night. I've done it at midday. Okay, done it early evening, done it late morning. But the best time to spend time with him is early in the morning when he wakes you up in the shachar blackness and you know it's him. Come on, hallelujah. And he wakes you up. You can read Proverbs 8, it'll give you great encouragement how to get up, why you should get up. And it's in that window of opportunity he begins to give you that fresh manna you need for the day. Hallelujah. And then out of that, you go right away, go into whatever fitness training you're going into notice i didn't say working out i said fitness training and it's in that place hallelujah of jogging or walking or spinning or swimming that you begin to train your lower nature hallelujah you begin to reap the benefits of a fitness lifestyle that is being birthed out of number one a desire to put under your lower nature when your body says it doesn't want to do it you do it to reap the results of what it feels like to be healthy again. Hallelujah. Glory to God to lose the excess weight, to exqueue and and shun and put aside overweight, uh, obesity and all the secondary health problems that come about with it, to come to a place where you live, hallelujah, in a zone of refreshment and you're able to mobilize at a drop of a hat without fear of of being fatigued or worn out hallelujah whatever god wants you to do for that day and it's in this place hallelujah that you then start your work day the errands and things that you need to do Brothers well, and sisters it's been a real joy to bring these messages to you um again it's a pioneering work this is a work um where i've never had anybody trained uh Me in a spirit-filled lifestyle. But let me tell you the fruit that's come out of this. For 18 months now, I decided, I made a decision, I'm not going to be a couch potato anymore. I've lost um, close to 50 pounds. I feel 18 years old again. You know, people come in, man, look at you. You look like you're 18. You look like you're 18 years old. I would think that you're 18 if I didn't see the gray hair on your head. Amazing. Well, it's not just looking good, not just getting my body weight down to where it needs to be at. It's getting myself to a place of discipline, Hallelujah, where I'm not afraid of endurance. I'm not afraid of going out, and I've slowly I put a 12 month plan. I've got to be patient now. 12 month plan. That I wanted to be at this certain level physically, and I'm uh, not doing it to race or to gain a medal. Even though God has used that, I was able to win two uh, silver medals. One in a, a triathlon event in America and Canada, and a second I won a silver medal in the Olympics at the Macabé Games this last summer in the time trial event on, the, on, the, on uh, the cycling, which is one of the most grueling events in the history of all sports. And God was able to not just bless the training and use it as a sign and wonder to the unsaved Jewish people I train with and, and the soldiers that are a part of these different teams, but also um, a, it, was a, it was a supernatural rush of revelation to me that wow! When we discipline ourselves and we do our part, the Spirit of God can come in and do amazing things through us and in us. Hallelujah. And it's pretty exciting because you return back to the original pattern that God created us to be at. Hallelujah. And you feel healthy, you feel well, you feel excited, you feel the endorphins kick in, glory to God, and you, f- you enjoy offensive maneuvers. You enjoy prophetic, camouflage ambushments of the enemy to win souls, to take out terrorism, to bring justice, expose corruption. Everything we're called to do to expose. And it comes out of this place of being like Olympic runners, endurance. And what it filters over to me is, you know, endure to the end. This is what really is built inside of me. Wow, I understand endurance. I understand what it means to run a marathon. I understand what it means to run and where your body doesn't want to do it. And you hit that wall, but then you run through it and you experience um, the self-preservation nature of, uh, of our minds suddenly melt away and you feel the endorphins kick in and you hit this runner's high. Glory to God. This is what Jesus is talking about through the Apostle Paul's pen is running the race to win. Hallelujah. Where we understand the ebbs and flows of dying to self. We understand the mourning. We understand the the valleys. We understand what it means um, to Suffer hardship as a good soldier, Hallelujah! And then we understand the free, sweet fruits of victory. And it's in this process of not just doing athletic events, not just winning souls through this lifestyle, but now we're using this lifestyle to run us into the Hebrews eleven Hall of Fame of faith that we endured by seeing Him who is unvis- is invisible. I'll leave this thought with you, Hebrews eleven Moses left all the pleasures and the wealth of Egypt by seeing him. He endured by seeing him who is invisible. How can you see somebody who's invisible? Well, I'll leave that between you and the Lord. Hallelujah. May he shed light on that for you. May you come into a place of great endurance, faithful to the end. Hallelujah. We love you guys. Again, remember, um, we're here giving you this broadcast and if we're sowing spiritual things into you, Paul says we should receive material things back from you. Uh, we're in a critical hour right now. Uh, we've been in Israel for 30 months. It's much easier to go back and live in America and itinerate, go back to do what I was doing before to take care of my family and provide for their schooling and their house, uh, housing and utilities. And we're in a situation now where. Um, partners have been disrupted by the enemy. Our supply lines been disrupted. People may have forgotten about us or whatever's going on. And we're in a critical situation that we need a resurgence of giving, a, uh, a resurgence of offerings to come in. We need ammunition. Uh, we need ammunition because con- uh, the special units are contacting me. They're needing different gear that the army doesn't supply. They're needing different things. They're needing... Um, Things, and we have some great ideas to bless them and to help them. Second, we we want to build out the training center here that we can disciple these young men and women that are coming to us. Hallelujah. And the third, Dalit and I have given everything, every bit of last bit of savings, and we're incurring a place where we need right away infusion of capital. You can contact us to find out the exact amount. You can go to our website and see uh, how you can give through credit card, or through uh, money order or through wiring, uh, brothers and sisters, thank you for giving us the privilege to come into your home, to come into your mobile environment, wherever that, wherever that may be, be, to give you these secrets of the kingdom. Hallelujah! That you can run the race and win. Glory to God, and to smell and enjoy the thrill of victory, the joy of plundering the enemy's camp, of binding the strong man of putting on night vision goggles and doing recon up the river of God to rescue MIAs and POWs in the prison camps of sin. Whoa! Hallelujah! And we rejoice in this. It's so exciting to know that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life that we're going to stand before him one day and he's going to say, Well done, good and faithful. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! It was worth all the persecution. It was worth all all the backstab. It was worth all the friendly fire. It was worth all the sufferings, all the hardship. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for this refinement. Hallelujah. Thank you that we can walk in divine health in our bodies. Lord, I just pray for the friends and partners and those that are listening, that they'll enter into these mysteries of the kingdom. They'll understand these secrets to a spirit-filled fitness lifestyle. It's not about just being cosmetically in shape. It's not about just being into a certain VO2 max or a certain aerobic condition or a certain body weight and fat index. It's about being members, our members, joined with him, presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, being endowed with power like Elijah to outrun the horse and chariot if need be. Glory to God to condition ourselves for the endurance of, of these last days to win the prize to buffet our bodies Father freely I receive I freely give out I thank you your return, word does not return void thank you for blessing those that are listening in the mighty name of Yeshua well that's part three of Secrets to a Spirit-Filled Fitness Lifestyle stay tuned we got more to share with you hallelujah until then if you have questions I can help you out with some of your training uh, some of your diet uh, with different ideas of how to yield to the Spirit of God and mortify and put to death the deeds of the lower nature. And again, you can read in Galatians about that. You know, one of my favorite chapters, Colossians 3, seek those things which are above, not things on the earth. And then consider your body dead to immorality and anger and outbursts and all these deeds of the flesh. It's just powerful. It's just a powerful place. Hallelujah. And I know you're not getting this diet in a lot of these churches out there because this doesn't build an audience, okay? This is a message that builds an army, elite tactical units, and it's a privilege to share it with you. We love you guys. Again, do pray how the Lord would help you. You know, what we're doing here in Israel is not for ourselves. It's to win the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and we need more ammunition in this hour. So send some parachute drops, send some supply drops. We need reinforcements. We need ammunition. Glory to God to take this thing to the next level. And thank you for your financial gifts and your prayers to meet those ends. We'll talk to you again soon. This is Scott Holtz with Rivers in the Desert, bringing you fresh rivers in your desert situation. Hallelujah, God's doing a new thing. The rivers have broken out the last few weeks here in Israel and in the desert of the Aravan Yeshimon, according to Isaiah 43. Look up, something new's about to happen. Shalom, shalom.
0: For being a part of Rivers in the Desert International, listening to our message today to you. Perhaps you have a friend, perhaps yourself are sitting there and wondering, where would I go if I died today? We'd like to give you a great privilege of praying with us and leading you to a knowledge of Jesus the Messiah. The Bible says if any man or woman would call upon the name of Jesus, they would be saved. The Greek word for saved is healed, delivered. It's a wonderful promise. You're there now in your automobile, perhaps at home listening. Go ahead and pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus to forgive me of my sins. The Bible says, if anybody would call upon your name, they would be saved. I'm calling today, Lord, save me, forgive me, cleanse me, take all of my sins, and cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. Father, I'm coming running home to you now. In your name I pray, amen.
1: If you'd like to contact us in our ministry, you may do so by writing us at Rivers in the Desert, P.O. Box 2788 in Alpharetta, Georgia, 30023 in the United States of America.